Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. So welcome to episode 25. I am delighted that you are here with me and I have a very special guest with me today. In this episode, we're going to talk about resilience, but we're going to talk about resilience in a different way to maybe the way that we often talk about it. We often talk about resilience being our bounce back, our ability to be able to cope with something that's happened. But what I'm interested in is sharing when it's happening. And I think that's something that's really different. So I have a special guest with me today, and I would like to welcome Mel Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. Brilliant. So I want to share a little bit about how Mel and I met. Because it was in September this year, and she and I signed up independently to the Yorkshire Three Peaks for a charity called Move Against Cancer. Mel and I were in the same group, and I think it'd be brilliant for us to talk a little bit about what it was like pushing through that. But I also want to bring Mel's own story in because I think it'll really inspire people to think about themselves and how sometimes we find and dig deep and it's it's a good thing, isn't it? So Mel, let's start with telling everyone a little bit more about you. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I'm 23 and last year in September, I started suffering with headaches um and i first went to the opticians and they told me i was fine and i needed to go to the doctors to get more tests uh, and upon going to the doctors i was diagnosed with a sinus infection uh, a few days later i couldn't get out of bed so i went back to the doctors and they didn't lay a finger on me no tests or anything like that and they told me to finish the medication and it's nothing neurological nothing to worry about i'll be absolutely fine so I went home, finished the meds, and then lo and behold, a few days later, I was back in the doctors um, undergoing more tests, and this time I was diagnosed with migraines, or what they thought to be migraines. Um, and then I was carrying on with the medication and things like that, but things were getting worse. I was losing my balance. I was losing my vision. Uh, my headaches were getting worse, and I started being nauseous and vomiting and things like that. Uh, and then towards the end of November, I lost my vision, completely lost my vision, double vision. It was awful. Uh, and I was told to fill in any consult and the doctors would get back to me within up to two weeks. Uh, but within the time of me filling out that e-consult and the doctors getting back to me, I went on holiday for five days to Lanzarote for a little uh, winter break. And then upon coming back, from Lanzarote I had a call from the doctors um, and they basically told me to up my medication at the time and I was told to go and see an ophthalmologist within the hour for my vision loss so got to ophthalmology and they done some tests and stuff and they took one look at me and basically said I needed to go straight to hospital to have a scan there was something behind my eyes they couldn't see what it was and they didn't want to necessarily frighten me without having the results and I turned around and said to the guy, I said, do I need to go now? I was like, I've got an MRI booked in for Friday um, because of another test that came back. Uh, I had really high prolactin levels, which is produced by your pituitary gland in your brain. And he said, no, he said, you need to go to the hospital now. It's it's already been left too long. And at this point, I was confused on what had been left too long. 
Um, so that was on the 19th of December. I went to get a scan. And then a few hours later, I was diagnosed with a brain tumour and blue lighted to the Walton Centre in Liverpool. Wow. And I think something that I want to just highlight again is Mel is 22. And to have gone through all of that, just even that little bit of the story, because obviously there's so much more to the story, it just shows what actually people can cope with. And I'm sure there's times where you felt like you weren't coping with it, but in the main, you did and you have. And we're going to talk later about the walk that we did. So something that I would love to ask you, Mel, is a little bit about how you did it, really, you know, so that listeners can hear something like this story, because it will touch people and help them be able to maybe make sense of things that they're struggling with. Because I know when I was walking along with you, if I felt a bit like, oh, I'm running out of steam, I just used to look at you and think, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, so I think for me, the 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 one thing that I can take away from it or say how I've managed to get through it I mean I'm still I'm still going strong now I'm not even 10 months post-surgery um so it's still all quite new to me but I think there's a quote from Steve Jobs and I think the only way to do great work is to love what you do and I think in order for me to get through I have to be positive I'm a positive person anyway and I just had to face my diagnosis and treatment with like determination and a positive outlook and I kind of started to see it as um, an opportunity for growth and not a roadblock. And my life has took a completely different turn. And yet there's things I still can't do anymore. But I think if it hadn't have happened, we wouldn't have met. I wouldn't be on this podcast. And so many other things that I've taken from this awful experience and turned it into such a positive one. So powerful to hear it you say that and, and so insightful as someone of your age. And I wonder whether there's a part of you that kind of thinks about not just the fact that you're young, but the fact that if there were young other young people listening to this who maybe haven't had anything like this, I'm sure you've got friends who've, you know, nothing like this has happened to them yet. And then kind of what they're saying about, oh, this isn't working or that's no good or that. Well, what would you say? What do you say to people who sort of are moaning about things that are really quite minor? Because let's be honest, as humans, we do, don't we? We spend a fair yeah. bit of time being negative and moaning about things that are actually quite small. What kind yeah. of things do you say to them now, Mel? Get on with it. <laughs> um, I think until you're uh, diagnosed or treated with something like a brain tumour or something like that, I, I think it kind of makes you realise that things in life that we worry about on a day-to-day basis um, that are actually quite trivial. And I think for me to have a full craniotomy and go through surgery two two days before Christmas, so I was diagnosed on the 19th and underwent surgery on the 23rd, I think for me to even grasp what was going on in such a short space of time, I did. Literally, you just have to get on with it. Um, but it's one of them, like, you, you can't lose hope. And I think if you lose that hope, it's it'll take you it'll snatch you and I think in order to keep positive and keep pushing and be able to get the most out of the treatments and things that are happening the bad stuff you have to try and influence it with some of the goods like you still need to do some things you still need to be surrounded by your family and your friends but I think at the end of the day yeah you've just got to you've just got to get on with it and plod on 
But I think one of the things and one of the reasons why I was really taken by you and your story and wanted you to come and share here is because we don't have to have gone through what you have been through for people who are listening, but actually to hear someone like you saying, just get on with it. You know, I know there's lots of factors in that. And sometimes we have to look at life through a certain lens and be able to identify what we want to get on with. But that's my big thing. You know, let's do it. Let's work out how we're going to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. And let's just get on with it. And I think, yeah, and I just I just think hearing you saying that um, on the walk and hear you saying it now, it just it does make people. I hope listening in who whatever it is that you're maybe not doing or not pushing yourself for or maybe having a little moan, let's just work out how the heck are you going to just do it, as Mel says. Absolutely. And I think there's some there's certain uh, barriers and boundaries in life that stop us from doing certain things that we want to do or achieve and stuff like that. But I'm going to link this back to the walk now, Alison, because when we were on the walk, uh, your shoes broke. I had a dodgy name. <laughs> I just, I just kept thinking to myself, like, I just need to move. I just need to do what this charity is telling me to do and move and put one step in front of the other. Get on with it. You know, like, this feels awful now, but I'll feel great tomorrow. Um, and like comparing myself to what I have been through and being six months ago or whatever, I would never have imagined of doing anything like that. Even, even now, like it's crazy, but to say that we both turned up on our own yeah. um, and just got on with it, basically. We really <laughs> did, didn't we? We really, yeah. really did. And I think, you know, one of the things I felt on that day was that connection with others and that there's something really strong about pulling together when you are doing something like that, isn't it? And I think, again, that's, for me, a bit of the jigsaw when you're thinking about just doing it, whatever your it is, but also, you know, doing it, and being surrounded by people who are our supporters. I mean, I know we, we were all encouragers of each other and there was times where we were all chatting or people were chatting in different conversations. And then there was other times where we were walking along on our own because we were digging a bit deep and we were having to kind of have a bit of a word probably. I certainly was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think I think that's the one thing that um, kind of allowed everyone in our group especially to stay together because there was such a different mix of people there was myself there was you there was um a 32 times ex-international rugby player um there was a bbc presenter we were with so many different people um and i think that's that's one thing i think when you're all in that same scenario and situation you all have to dig deeper in order to get not only yourself but each other through it as well Definitely, definitely. And we stuck together as a group, didn't we? I mean, Caroline Bramwell, who has been a guest on my show, she was in our group and she, you know, she, we were pulling along with her, weren't we? And that was what was incredible. But one of the things I want to talk to you about, Mel, is and see if, you know, similar experience to me is what I, one of the things I was really surprised about for myself physically. So there's the mental push. And then there's the physical push and it's the connection between the two, the having a word with yourself and then the keeping your legs going. I mean, it was a reality, wasn't it? (laughs) But I think one of the things I really became really obvious for me was this thing that we've got. There's there's always a bit more. And I I hadn't had an experience like that. And I'm sure you have because of obviously what you've been through. 
But again, for listeners, just knowing that you can push yourself and then there's always a bit more because we were up the second mountain and we had to come down and we still had a third one to do. And we were so determined to do that third one. We did have to dig deep. But how would you describe that experience? I think, like you say, it's it always comes down to the the mental aspect of it and then obviously the physical of moving your body and like I say before, for everything that I've been through over the past few months, it has been more than anything the mental challenge, um, and just trying to rest and recover, um, physically and mentally. But obviously, because it's my brain as well, I can't I can't switch off at all. I'm constantly on the go, so obviously, it takes me a little bit long to recover in that sense. But I think the thing for me is physically, I don't think I'd ever experience anything like that myself either. I think it was such a big ask and I remember saying to uh, one of the women the night before I said I don't think I can do this and I had such a, a negative mindset towards it like a week or so before we started and then leading up I was I was thinking I'm not going to be able to do this I haven't done any training I'm not fit enough da, 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 da. and I kept listening to all these excuses almost and I, I, I said to myself on the day I said right I'm going to get up I'm going to do it I'm going to do what I can and then when I heard about the cutoff for the third peak, because we had to be at a certain checkpoint in time in order to qualify for the third peak, I'd done what you said before, and I, and I took myself aside and I had a little word of myself and I was going with my walking poles, we were heading down towards the viaduct. And I just said to myself, I said, I cannot get to the second peak, complete the second peak, and then not, not get to the checkpoint for half three. I thought, there's no way. I said, I have to physically do this now I'm in it and I know people stopped after the first one and so on and people stopped after the second and you could just you could do what you felt capable of doing but I knew mentally somewhere in there I knew I was capable of doing all three my legs might not have felt it and after like the after the first one I was shattered I thought there's no way I've got two more left in me especially with a five-hour walk between the first one and the second one but I think 100% you've always got that little bit extra, whether it is physically or mentally. And I think with other people around you doing similar things or maybe going through similar things, you just have to push each other through and help each other get by. You really do. And, I, and that is exactly what was almost quite addictive, I think, is that that pull, that drive for us. But we were all uh, determined, weren't we, that we were going to do that third peak. And we were coming in practically in the dark, but it was I mean, it was exhilarating, even though it was we were exhausted. But do you remember the coming up the first peak, though? That the the, the sense of achievement, yeah. wasn't it? It was absolutely incredible. We were like, we've done it. People. Yeah, the summit, the summit just appeared out of nowhere, and it was like the heavens had opened. And then you got to the top, and you thought, oh no, we've got to do this two more times now. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was a really uh it was a I, I felt like then when we got to the top of that first peak because I was in the middle of a conversation with somebody else at this point and then it just appeared out of nowhere the summit and we were like way and we all started celebrating and hugging each other and getting photos and stuff like that and I think it's moments like that that make you appreciate why you're doing it and how far you can go yeah. um in terms of your own abilities yeah and I think that is the message isn't it it's how far you can go there seems to be a lot more the capacity that we have as humans physically and mentally is absolutely enormous. And, I, you know, I, I've always talked about this because it's what I do. But that experience for me personally has shown me something else. So it's made me even more determined. And I think the other thing that it was a brilliant metaphor 
for was how we can sometimes see life because we had to see them at each um, mountain, didn't we, in chunks. We couldn't think about the whole thing, the whole walk, the whole 12 hours in one thought. We had to think about just this chunk, just that chunk, just the next stage, just the next bit, because otherwise it was just, yeah, it it probably felt like all those silly thoughts would come. But actually, isn't that a great metaphor for life? Just one chunk, one step, one stage. What do you think about? Absolutely, yeah. So in terms of me and myself in the past few months, I think uh, that is how I've had to carry on with life. And you've hit the nail on the head there, I think. In terms of I've just got to get through this scan or I've just got to get through this appointment or I've just got to get through this treatment. Like you just have to get through things. And I think that is the mental challenge sometimes in like sometimes we forget how strong and resilient the human body is because you think I've just got to get through this chunk and then you get through that chunk and you think oh it was fine but now I've got to get through this and so on and I think sometimes as as humans we do overthink things more I think it's just natural isn't it we overthink things more a lot more than probably what we're aware of Definitely, because I mean, if if I'd thought in detail about that walk, <laughs> I think you and I might have been going back home at the at the beginning. But I didn't. <laughs> I signed up about five weeks before because of Caroline Bramwell, and did do a. I'd done some uh, training with with my boot camp that I do anyway, and I'd done a little bit more, but not a lot. And I think I just went and said, "Do you know what?" My mindset's pretty strong. I'm just going to make it happen and go along with it. And then being pulled along with everyone else was tenfold. And that's, you know, if I'd done that on my own, I think I don't know what would have happened, but pulling, being oh, pulled below with you and Irene and some of the other people, as you say, in our group was just incredible. And um, yeah, it was a real sense of achievement. But I think, you know, for me, it's, it is that. What is it that it brings you when you push yourself to do something, whatever your thing is, what does it bring you? What else do you gain? And what, how would you describe what do you think you've gained as a result of doing that particular uh, exercise? Uh, so I think for me, I mean, this is this is a long shot, but um, before I was diagnosed and things like that, I was I was constantly on the go and I was constantly doing things and I'd practically only come home to sleep and so on. And I was just constantly busy. Um, but I think in terms of my treatments and stuff like that, I lost my confidence completely. Um, lost my confidence, my self-esteem and things like that. And if you just said to me in January of this year, in, I don't know, nine, ten months, you're going to go to the Yorkshire Free Peaks on your own and do this challenge of all these people, I would have said, no way and no way count me out but I think over the past few months like with things I've been doing and um helping myself recover basically I've been trying to raise money and raise awareness for brain tumors and charities that have helped me along the way and I think that's partially the reason why I signed up to do the three peaks was because the the move against cancer program or charity or whatever is an eight-week cancer rehab rehabilitation program for people like myself that have been through cancer treatment or are still on cancer treatment with consent they're allowed to uh, sign up for this eight-week program and I think if it wasn't for the MOVE program I 
honestly don't know where I would be. The work they do is absolutely incredible. And the people who work there are, oh, I can't even describe them. They're just beyond words. But I think the support the charities like that can give to people like me and help me regain my confidence and get myself back out there and then start doing things to help them in return, I think it's massive. So that's 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 why I signed up to it. And I think more than anything, it's it's given me the confidence back to be able to go out there and challenge myself to other things now. Yeah, me too. I always thought that that event was going to be like a one-off kind of, yep, I've yeah. done that kind of thing. And now I have to say, I'm thinking, oh, what's next? What might we do next? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> my, feet, my feet have just about recovered. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch this space for that. But I think one of the things that's really important for us to say is the charity or the charities that you support. Um, and we can definitely put those in the show notes for people to have a look at. But do you want to say anything else about your other work or the charities that you are raising pro- the profile of? Uh, yeah, so back in March, I made a promise to myself to uh, raise awareness and, uh, awareness for brain tumours, but also raise money for the charities that have helped me along the way. So back in March, to mark 12 weeks recovery, I walked 12 miles for the brain tumour charity. Uh, and then a few months later, I organised a music festival at my old high school, again, for the brain tumour charity. I, I abseiled the Anglican Cathedral in Liverpool back in um, July for Teenage Cancer Trust. Um, and I've also done the Three Peaks for Move as well. So overall, so far, I've managed to raise £9,693 for charity. Oh, Wow. Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. So there's not only the money that you've raised for for those kind of charities, but also what you are achieving for yourself has to be acknowledged, which is off the scale brilliant. You blew me away on the walk and you're still doing that again today. And I hope that people listening just feel that story, but feel the passion, feel the drive and the motivation that you've got. And whatever it is, whoever's listening in is wishing they might do, hoping they might do, putting off, not getting done, whatever it is, maybe, just maybe, you might find a way to push yourself. Absolutely. And I think more than anything, you just have to embrace the challenges and build resilience and surround yourself with a a good, strong support system. And at the end of the day, if you can do that, your attitude can turn any obstacles into an opportunity. There's a statement. There's a statement said. Fantastic. Oh, thank you so much for coming and telling everyone a little bit about your story. I am excited to see what you do next, Mel, and where you go and how you can keep this whole thing that you've gained, as you say, as a result of something that could have been a complete opposite. And I know at times would have been so hard for you and your family. But just to know that yeah, who knows where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for coming and sharing. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So in next week's episode, we are going to talk about purpose again. And I have a guest, Naomi Holbrook. So I hope you can join me then. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now.